0: Hey, it's Markay from the Markay Show. You hear me every day at 11 a.m. on News 104.5 WOKV. First of all, thanks for listening to the Markay Show podcast. Second, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to the Burrish Daily Discussion podcast and Jacksonville's morning news interviews. And don't forget to head to iTunes and Google Play and leave a review. Thanks again for listening. We're entertaining
1: meets informative. Let me tell you something. This man is so damn funny. It isn't funny.
0: Markay, you're good to
1: go, man. I would marry me some Markay. Markay. A fresh perspective on. Unto- today's issues you were doing a great job today buddy mark k is always good in my book just settle down a little bit you talk too fast other than that i love you this is the mark k show
0: this is the Mark Show, and my name is Mark Thank you so much for joining me today. And it is uh, September the 11th, the 17th an- anniversary of the worst terrorist attack in the history of the United States. And just moments ago, we were all listening to uh, President Donald Trump as he delivered remarks. He and Melania, the first lady heading out to Shanks, uh, Shanksville, Pennsylvania, where they just – they I was listening to the description. I didn't even know this was going on, but they were just dedicating a brand-new monument. It was called the Tower of Voices. I think that's what it was. Tower of Voices. And they made it 93 feet high, of course, because it was Flight 93, uh, United 93. And there are 40 different chimes in the tower and they are each unique uh, but they each play in unison as the president was describing that is of course one tone for each uh, american life that was lost on the plane all 40 of the heroes who took down that plane and kept it from ever reaching the Capitol, which is still to this day in the history of the united states of america one of the most one of the most incredible stories that we've ever heard pardon me uh, one of the, the most incredible stories that we've ever heard of American resilience and, uh, and people coming together to fight against evil and tyranny, which was really, I mean, when you think about what those people had to go through again on United 93. And there was a documentary movie about it. I don't know if you ever saw it. There were, uh, there were, there have been a ton of different reports. We've seen the families. I remember back on Oprah, uh, that's the first time I saw the families really share their stories of what they heard on those phone calls and what was happening on the plane and, you know, what were they were able to piece together from the frantic frantic voice messages that their family members were leaving them. Because again, that was also the only one of the coordinated attacks. There were there was a coordinated attack at, at both of the twin towers, a coordinated attack at, at the Pentagon, and a coordinated attack um, at the uh, and you know on the uh, plane and, and headed toward the Capitol. And really, of all of those, the uh, the the members of United ninety three, the flight of United ninety three, they were the only ones that had a su- sustainable amount of time to get in touch with and connect with their loved ones and their relatives. Now a lot of folks who were in the uh the Twin Towers after they were hit, um you know, they also uh, made some phone calls and that sort of thing, but but the initial victims on the planes, uh you know, their life was over instantly. They weren't sure what was going on until it was too late and they didn't have time uh to contact people. So to hear those stories and to really piece together what was going on, you know, it was it was the the fact that they not only had the foresight to contact and and you know, leave those explanations, but then to take drastic action and fight, as Donald Trump said, was truly
1: remarkable. We remember the moment when America fought
0: back. It was one of those and again i I had the opportunity I was actually had the honor. I was in washington d c uh, broadcasting live on the air and we you know it was it was late in the morning for me because I hosted the morning show there and it was uh, it, we looked up at the uh, we looked up the the TV and all we saw was the flames coming out of the the twin tower um, and we just thought it was an airplane. And, you know, we just thought it was a, a, a random accident that it happened. As many, as many people did, as most people. I just heard Brian Kilmeade saying the same thing. And then when the second plane hit, we knew something was going on. But being in Washington D.C. during during that time frame uh, was very surreal because moments later, we started to get phone calls from people who had witnessed the plane fly into the Pentagon. Uh, the Pentagon was miles from the radio, just a few miles away from where I worked, from where we broadcast and to have the phone start lighting up automatically and people saying there's a fire at the Pentagon, there's a plane that flew into the Pentagon, people that were able to witness, people that were on 395 and driving to work. I mean, it was it was nine in the morning. It was when people were commuting. And in Washington, D.C., you know, the traffic is at its highest uh between, you know, between those hours. And and that plane hit the Pentagon. Uh, there were people trying to escape with their lives there. There was all sorts of chaos. Uh, the traffic was at a standstill, and we were getting those we were getting those eyewitness reports as it was happening. And it was it was like nothing I'd ever heard uh, or felt. And then a few weeks later, there was, of course, the rebuilding period. And just a few days after the attack, we all banded together in Washington, D.C. A lot of the the people and and the media outlets and everyone came together and we organized a huge walk, a freedom walk. And it was around the Pentagon and we got to see firsthand. Uh, the damage we got to see the walls that were destroyed. We got to see the the, the huge American flag that was hanging overside, and it was really something that I'll I'll never forget. Walking around with thousands and thousands of people, in what you would typically be a, a kind of loud, raucous, energized event, and it was very solemn um, as we all turned around the corner and saw that. Now, one of the other exciting things was months later. After the rebuilding had taken place, we were invited to be the first members in the Pentagon to see not just what they had rebuilt, not just the completed, uh, you know, the the completed, uh, you know, outer, well, I guess we call them pentagons, the outer rings that had been re that had been redesigned and restructured. But we also were the first ones before it was open into the public to to go into the memorial at the Pentagon. And I remember standing there looking at the names, looking at these memorials where no one else had walked before. We were, you know, it wasn't open to the public. And there was a window. And the window in the memorial to the Pentagon was tiny. And it was built right where the nose of the plane hit. So as you look out this little tiny window at the Pentagon, you're looking at the exact path that the plane flew into the building. And right under the window is one piece of marble that is differently it's it 's a lighter marble than any other color, and that is to signify the moment of impact and that was the whole i mean from the, from the time you know nine eleven happened for for years years afterward, and even now through today. It is one of those unifying moments that brings us together as a country and of course, uh, that none of us will ever forget. And as Donald Trump just pointed out, has really made us even stronger and brought us hopefully, uh, closer together. Listen, we gotta take a quick break. 340-1045 is the number if you want to get through uh if you want to talk about the president's speech or anything that's been going on or what you're feeling on this september 11th we also have updates on hurricane florence which they're now saying could be a hurricane of biblical proportions for our friends up north 340-1045 this is the mark k show we'll be right back me. This is the Marte show. Sorry, I'm all choked up. Three four zero one zero four five is the number. Three four zero one zero four five is the number. It's seventeen years since the uh, Twin Towers were attacked in the Pentagon and the uh, plane in uh, in Pennsylvania. It's seventeen years, which means sixteen-year-olds who are out there driving around now who don't even remember it. A lot of people, you know, a lot of people I work with said, "I was in fifth grade." When that happened. And, uh, you know, I was on the air in Washington, D.C., uh, one of my, and one of my first big, you know, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a crazy day for everybody, uh, no matter where you were, even if you were in school or if you were at work and it's something that if you were in a plane anywhere, you were immediately grounded. That was the other thing. I remember getting plane calls, uh, plane phone calls from people who were, were grounded. In in uh, D.C. at the airport. They weren't even from D.C., but they knew I was there. And, uh, you know, they were saying, hey, how's it going? Can you help me out? What do you, you know? I don't know how long I'm going to be here. Of course, I was at the radio station for for basically days. Um, and my wedding was planned for September. My wedding anniversary is uh, it's coming up. It's going to be 17 years. September 15th, 2001. We got married four days after nine eleven and and of course, all of our plans changed there were we you know it was a destination wedding we were uh we were forced to you know drive instead of fly and would postpone our honeymoon everything but luckily, all of our guests from around the the country uh all of them with the exception of one. They were able to make it to our wedding. And again, you know, it's because it's resilience Uh, because, you know, it's Americans saying, look, this is this horrible thing happened, but we're not going to let it affect us. And it is something that uh, it's something that continues today. And even if you listen to Donald Trump's words and you listen to the president speaking at the memorial site in Pennsylvania, 40
1: incredible men and women showed the whole world that no force on earth will ever conquer the american
0: spirit i mean it's pretty much it it sums up exactly what the american spirit is and why 9-11 happened the way it did and why the capitol building did not come under attack and why that plane did go down in the field and and you know the heroes, not just the heroes of the American Revolution and the American Civil War and World War Two and World War One and, and Vietnam and, and you know and war since then, even the uh, the Desert Storm. When you look at all the heroes that you think of, you think of you know heroes. Okay, they get guns and they dress up in camouflage and we put them through basic training and then we send them halfway around the world to do uh, to do our you know to do the, the bidding of freedom, if you will, to keep keep the world free from evil dictators. Those those are heroes too but then there are the heroes who on the plane have to figure out with the moment's notice and with very limited information i mean they're getting in infra- for think about this they're on a plane and they're trying to piece together what's happening and they were able to figure out from phone calls with their relatives that they were basically being weaponized that they were on a plane three other planes had already attacked uh targets in the united states premeditated attacks that were coordinated by this evil group of men, they realized they were going to be the fourth target. They didn't know how many other planes were compromised. They didn't know what was going on, but they all realized this was not going to end well for them. And they needed to do something to make sure that they could limit the damage to the United States of America and to the American citizens. And that's exactly what they did. And to do so without even being sure, you know, without without knowing exactly what was going to happen, to have that 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 defiance and that and that you know, I, I don't even know what you call it, but but to be able to be so certain that you know it was it was do or die, uh, it, it's just a remarkable thing that they all did.
1: We treasure their memory, we cherish their legacy, and we ask God to forever bless the immortal heroes.
0: Uh, of of 911 and ever since then too because you know after 911 we heard all the stories of people who joined up not just with the military but with the police department with the fire department so many inspiring stories of people that became EMTs and rescue workers because of the things that they saw and felt on 911 so many people went into public service as as congress people you know so that so that we could strengthen the military and we could strengthen our american um you know protective services and and that sort of thing so it has been uh for the last seventeen years a somber day and I you know some people always ask me, they say, God, when is it always going to be this somber? And I mean the answer is I hope it is. I hope it is I hope it's always this somber. And I hope it doesn't just go the way of some of the other remembrances and some of the other holidays. You know, Pearl Harbor Day we barely even recognize. Uh you know, Memorial Day. Uh, you know, it's mostly a, a time for, for for weekend barbecues. You know, and they, they call this Patriot Day. September 11th. And I for one hope that the uh, the somber tone and the the reflective spirit and and the way that we all kind of reflect, you know, and then dial it down a notch. I hope that that remains uh, because I think it is important, especially when you look at the that at the everyday ordinary Americans on Flight 93 inside the Twin Towers at the Pentagon and the police officers and the workers and the and the strangers who took people in. When they needed it their most, when we were at our most vulnerable. I hope that it never, ever loses loses this tone. 340 uh, 1045. Quick break. We got some of your phone calls coming up. I think we're going to check in with Ariel Nixon if she's free and find out what's going on with Florence because that could be bad news for the East Coast. We'll get you the details here in just a minute. This is the Mark K. Show on News 104.5 WOKV. You know, I got some research back yesterday, and there was nothing about me talking too fast. I'm going to be honest with you. I went through it uh, with a fine-tooth comb, and uh, that's a lie. I don't own a comb. And if you saw me, you'd know why. Hey, uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's take a quick, uh, let's take a quick, uh, you know, dive into the weather forecast here, shall we? Because weather is always important, even when it's 500 miles away from us. And that's where Florence is uh, projected to make landfall. We bring in now, and you can tell by her intro music, from Action News Jack's meteorologist extraordinaire Ariel Nixon. Ariel, are you there?
2: I'm here, and you know, Mark, I've Hello? been told I speak
0: too fast as well. Oh, yeah. can you hear me now? I can hear you. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, I know you were thrashing your head around because uh, you <laughs> probably knocked your headphones off. <laughs> well, and now, Listen, are you there at the meteorological hub?
2: Yes, the First Alert Weather Center.
0: That's what it's called. That's what it's called. Do you ever get to drive <laughs> around in the Jeep, in the uh, First Alert uh, Jeep thing? What's it called?
2: The First Alert Storm Tracker.
0: Yes. How often are you in there?
2: You know, not that often, not as often as I would like, but I think it might be heading up to the Carolinas. In I was going to ask. Days.
0: Yeah, so somebody's going to have to drive all the way up there and make sure that they're they're uh, they're getting full coverage. That's great. That's oh, great. Yeah. That thing I hear the way they built it is that the exhaust pipe actually comes out the top of the truck so that it was doesn't get clogged with water. Is that right?
2: It has a snorkel that was actually an addition after Matthew because there had to be some repairs after driving down uh, the streets in St. Augustine in the wow. floodwaters.
0: Wow, we have, a, we have a, a Jeep with a snorkel on it. That's amazing. That's amazing. cool. I, I love that about us. All right, so let's talk about Florence because this thing is still pretty powerful, right? I mean, it's still chugging along.
2: It is a major Category 4 hurricane. I think I spoke to you yesterday when it was still Category 3. So now winds are up to 130 miles per hour. It's about 900 miles east-southeast of Cape Fear, North Carolina. And it's moving west-northwest. And that northerly component there to the direction is important for our local area.
0: Okay, and that means that it's less of an impact of us the farther north that it goes. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, the spaghetti models are no longer taking it anywhere near, Jack. I don't even see that one straggly line anymore that's going through.
2: Yeah, we're starting to see more of a consensus, again, making that northwest turn up towards the Carolinas. It's just a matter of where along the coast of North or South Carolina that it makes landfall. But they have now hurricane watches all along the coast of North Carolina and most of the South Carolina coast.
0: Okay, here's what I'm hearing uh, on the Internet. And, you know, you can never trust what's on the Internet. But I'm hearing (laughs) biblical flooding. Uh, You're looking at millions of people could be affected and without power for weeks uh, there's apparently, uh, there's apparently nuclear power plants in the path. Is this one of those like biblical flooding type proportion uh, monstrosities?
2: I'm not exactly sure what the definition of biblical flooding is, oh, there, but I do know that there will be places that get two feet of rain from this storm, especially okay. along the coast. There's going to be storm surge flooding north, uh, or kind of on the north or the northeast side of the system. Remember that right front quadrant of yeah. the hurricane is the most dangerous. So yeah, it's going to be really, really bad and these are areas that have a lot of pine trees, a lot of trees that will be down on power lines, so that means long-term power outages.
0: Okay, uh, I I, we were just just a report how everyone's flocking to the stores, of course, in North Carolina. They're getting all the bottled water. They're getting all the batteries and things I mean, my wife actually yesterday told me because I was pilfering batteries out of our hurricane kit uh, for the kids remote uh, for the Xbox. And she said, don't touch those. Those are the hurricane batteries. So I guess it's always because there are still two other storms following up, one which could impact us.
2: Well, we're watching Isaac moving into the Caribbean. It doesn't look likely that that's going to impact us, but we're keeping a close eye on that. There's still some uncertainty with that one. Helene out in the Atlantic is going to stay there. But then there's two other areas that haven't yet developed. One that will be kind of into the Gulf of Mexico late week into next week. But that it looks like at this time is headed towards Texas. Oh. But again, all this subject to change.
0: All right, of course. And what are we looking at today since we have you here?
2: Just afternoon showers and thunderstorms moving inland, so today's going to be a real typical day, upper 80s, heat, humidity, a lot like yesterday. Oh,
0: okay, great. It's like we just hit rewind, uh, re, uh, replay
2: on it. Right. Drier though, by the end of the week. We've got dry air wrapping around the other side of Florence, so we're on the dry side of the hurricane.
0: Oh, that's good news, I guess. Yeah, Ariel Nixon, and are you back on at noon? Yeah. All right. Perfect. Uh, we look for another update on Action News, Jax. Give it up for Ariel Nixon. and Ariel. You thank again. you. Bye. I'm sure if there's more information uh, that we need to know with the hurricane, then we will have her. Uh, we'll have her pop back on there. I mean, it is. It is one of those events. Like if you look at Harvey, if you look at even how we had Irma yest- uh, last year, um, it's it's looking like that for North Carolina, the coast of North Carolina. It, it's one of the. Uh, it's very populated. There are a lot of uh, beach towns, a lot of resorts, a lot of people have homes um, out on the outer banks. Uh, if it impacts it. And of all uh, like the Virginia Beach area as well. And, of course, South Carolina, the Charleston area, which is which is always in the eye of some of these storms. So we will be following that. A good friend of mine who works here, his brother goes to the University of Charleston or the College of Charleston, rather. And he's like, he doesn't have a car. So I'm headed up there right now. I'm going to pick him up and I'm going to drive him back down here to Florida for safety, which is it's always ironic when Florida is the safe place. When people are when there's a hurricane coming and people are evacuating to Florida, that's always weird to say that one years ago I lived in And there was a hurricane. My mother lived in Miami. She wanted to come up and visit. And I was like, don't just stay where you are. You'll be fine. Miami will be fine. And then, of course, I was right. Miami was fine. And we got pummeled. Uh, (laughs) We got pummeled by that one. So, you know, these these are the how these things happen Um, as we follow along today. Look, there's going to be there's going to be some more tributes. Uh, to nine I'm sure you're going to see some of those. We have some of your phone calls, too, coming up. 340-1045. Donald Trump, President Trump, um, out in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, and he, they were dedicating a new monument. There's a new monument out there. He was giving a really well-thought-out speech. It was a really well-written speech. It was really uh it was it was really I thought, you know, the the perfect kind of tone for the day. He celebrated the heroes, he celebrated the lives of those that were lost and those that were always affected. And then he talked about this great new memorial that they have, this 93-foot tower with 40 chimes in it and how it will always be there and what has become a very very historic site in uh, the United States of America.
1: We're here to pay solemn tribute to the 40 passengers and crew members on Flight 93 who rose up, defied the enemy, took control of their destiny and changed the course of history.
0: And, you know, the one nice thing, too, uh, about about taking time out for this day is that it does seem uh it does seem that we can all kind of get our heads together on one topic. And that is remembering those, uh, you know, victims of 9-11 and those heroes of 9-11. And then we can take a break from any and all news other than the hurricane, of course, um, so that we can all look back and remember a time when America was not quite so divided as we are now. Because if you look at it now. We're a little more divided than we were 17 years ago. And I think on this day, even as I watch the news and even as I go through the the websites and look at, you know, uh, the stories that are coming down on the wire, even as I look at all that stuff, it appears to me that there is there is less division today only. And I feel like that's a nice tribute uh, to the memory of those who are gone as well. Three, four, oh, I'm sure it'll all be back to normal tomorrow. Three, four, oh. What? In fact, I'm 100% positive. 3401045 is the number. 3401045 is the number. Quick break. We got some of your phone calls and open mics coming up on The Mark K. Show. It's news 104.5 WOKV. is the Marquet Show. My name is Marque. Thank you so much for joining us today, folks. We appreciate it. And uh, it is nine eleven. It's the seventeenth anniversary of September eleventh and the September eleventh attacks. And uh, we just heard the president speak just about just about an hour ago. He was wrapping up his comments in Pennsylvania. Really well thought out, really well written comments that really, uh, you know, it, it really kind of you know envelop the entire feeling that we have when we think about the heroes, especially on Flight ninety three uh, that day in Pennsylvania. Do
1: you remember the moment when America fought back. We're here to pay solemn tribute to the 40 passengers and crew members on Flight 93 who rose up, defied the enemy, took control of their destiny and changed the course of history. We treasure their memory, we cherish their legacy and we ask God to forever bless The immortal
0: heroes. Yeah. Uh, you had a couple other really poignant lines in there that really, I think, uh, you know, drove the point home about the kind of sacrifices that were made. Of course, we all want to uh, remember today and every September 11th and really every day. You really really want to stop and think, you know, hey, this is a great country. And the reason is because there's great people who are, you know, not just military, not just police officers, but regular people who step up and do really incredible things to protect that freedom uh, for all of us. Now, uh, tomorrow probably we'll be back to normal. Probably we'll get back to the, you know, there's a big there's a couple of big stories brewing that are going to make. Interesting headlines as we get closer into the uh, as we get closer into the midterm elections. And I know sometimes politics can be a lot, but it is an important part of not just what we do on a daily basis, but it's an important part of our news cycle. And it's an important part of this year, especially with the midterm elections. And let's face it, in a minute, you're going to be hearing nothing but political ads and seeing them on TV. And every time you drive down the street, you're going to see DeSantis, Gillum, DeSantis, Gillum, DeSantis, Gillum, all up and down the roadway. And it's going to be that way for, like, the next two months. Nothing we can do to avoid it. But there are some things you should understand. And one of the biggest battles brewing in Washington, D.C., is between Senator Bernie Sanders and Jeff Bezos. Because try as he may to be a uh, a liberal a staunch liberal supporter, try as he may to be against Donald Trump and against the Trump agenda and against conservatives, and try as he may to yield his powers both as uh, an economic powerhouse, both as you know the leader of Amazon and as the owner of the washington post. you know despite all of that, Jeff Bezos is a capitalist. He is one of the most successful capitalists to ever live. The company that he has created is responsible for so much uh, commerce everywhere around the world, uh, especially here in the United States. And what he's been able to accomplish is all because he's been chasing the almighty dollar. So Bernie Sanders... Who claims to be an anti-capitalist is not happy with a lot of the ways that he runs his factories, uh, has, runs his warehouses, treats his employees. Now there's a, a big thing about him, him banning controversial books that Bernie Sanders is very upset with. So when you look at the, the monopolization of online retail space that Amazon has basically, you know, I mean, they are. The online retail space, when you think about it, they are a majority of it. When you look at the amount of money pouring through that company, the amount of influence, and the amount of uh, and when you couple that with the Washington Post, Jeff Bezos is a prominent player in our in our political life livelihood. And Bernie Sanders, who is supposedly on the same side, is not really happy with the guy and is making it known. I don't know how much this is going to play into the election, but I'm guessing the Washington Post is not going to be giving any endorsements to Bernie Sanders for president. That's just that's my one guess as we head into uh, as we head into this election cycle and into 2020. Now keep in mind that Bernie Sanders does remain extremely popular with his party. With his party. And a lot of what he's saying is really taking hold, especially with younger American voters. And he's he's decided not only is he going to put himself in the forefront of the political uh, landscape for the 2020 presidential election, but Bernie Sanders is going to do whatever he can going to do whatever he can to go around the country and try to pepper in as many socialist candidates as possible. He's going to try to get as much support and get, uh, you know, host as many rallies and try to get as much of a ground roots organization in place for as many uh, of these candidates, including Terry Gillum here in Florida. You know, Bernie Sanders, like I said, I don't know if he's got a house. I know he's got one in Connecticut. I don't know if the Clintons can buy him another house down here in Florida, but I imagine you're going to be seeing his face in this state a lot over the next two months. Because because having Terry Gillum as the governor of Florida, a state that is that is of the utmost importance to anyone running for president, as we've seen in every election, is something that Bernie Sanders uh, would love to have under his belt. Uh, anyway, so we'll we'll be following both of those, and like I said, we're going to be kicking back up with with some more of this news tomorrow. Stay tuned. You got the news in Rush Limbaugh coming up next on News One Hundred Four Point Five WOKV.